0: evening and welcome to First Aid Chats by Dr. G. I'm Dr. Dana Grandison, a physician in Barbados and your hostess for this evening. First Aid Chats by Dr. G is a live podcast that provides listeners with a unique opportunity to not only hear complicated medical conditions explained, but also clarify any misunderstandings you may have about that condition. After all, an medically aware and educated patient is an empowered patient and this evening our episode is entitled doc i think i have poor circulation and our guest is none other than dr maurice warren dr maurice warren joined us last week for our peripheral arterial disease segment and he's joining us again this evening dr warren is a consultant in general surgery at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. He's also a director at the Diabetes Services Solutions, Inc., as well as Premier Surgical Center, with over 20 years of experience with vascular issues to the lower limb. Dr. Warren, good evening, and thank you once again for joining us.
1: Good evening, everybody, and thank you very much for having me.
0: Okay, Dr. Warren. So, this evening, we are talking about venous insufficiency or poor circulation to the lower limbs. Can you tell us, give us a very simplified explanation of exactly what chronic venous insufficiency is?
1: Yes, no problem at all. Uh, last, Last week we talked about arterial disease and this time we want to talk about venous disease. So basically the veins are the vessels that take blood away from the tissues and back to the heart. So basically, what happens in venous insufficiency is when the veins cannot do their job efficiently or sufficiently. So therefore, blood is pooling in the feet and not getting back up to the heart to to be recirculated by the heart quick enough. So when you have pooling of blood in the lower limbs, because the veins cannot take them back up as they're supposed to do, that is when we say you have venous insufficiency.
0: Okay. And there are generally, we we speak about two different types of chronic venous insufficiency, Um, the primary type and the secondary type. Can you explain those two different terminologies for us?
1: Well, primary and, and, and um, secondary, I think it's easiest to explain it in such a a primary cause is a cause that where you can't find it is something that you are born with or genetically predisposed to. Secondary means that something has happened to cause the venous insufficiency.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: in secondary, you're, you may have had a clot that has blocked the venous system and therefore blood can't get back. You, you may have had a damage to a vein during a, a procedure that may have caused an issue. So that's what we, we mean between primary and secondary.
0: Great. And you spoke about the fact that these veins generally carry blood from the tissues back up to the heart. And, mm-hmm. and when the blood is pooling in these veins, then we tend to get chronic venous insufficiency. Can you share... Um, with us, some of the symptoms a person may have, um, and, and, but first of all, let's take it a step back. Um, who really is predisposed to having chronic venous insufficiency before we go on to symptoms?
1: Well, who is predisposed? You can be genetically born with it. So, I mean, it it, it is something that we have, we have seen run in families where some people have varicose veins that run in families, So there's, a, there's some genetic um, predisposition to it. But who is predisposed to it is, is people who are obese, especially. Um, obesity builds the pressure in the abdomen. And if the pressure is high in the abdomen, it then blood has to travel from your feet up your, your legs and thighs through the abdomen to get to your chest, to get to your heart. If the pressure in your abdomen is too high, therefore it then stops the the blood from flowing through that cavity and therefore it will pool in your lower limbs. So obesity is, I would say, the main risk factor. Absolutely. For venous insufficiency. Other things are people who uh, have predisposed into clotting disorders and therefore may have a clot form in what is a low flow system in their veins. So people who are predisposed to deep vein thrombosis from some clotting disorder, they, again, um, are more predisposed to having venous insufficiency.
0: Okay. So you, you spoke now just now about the persons who are predisposed, but can you mm-hmm. then also tell us about how those persons would present and what they should be looking for?
1: There's a, there's a wide range of, of presentations, but absolutely, people, the first thing that people tend to notice is that they tend to get mild swelling to the limb, and then they, they start to notice that they may feel some pain or discomfort, especially when they're standing up for long periods of time. As that progresses, they start to notice changes in the color of their skin. And that is because the blood is pooling down there. So you would not start to, to notice, especially in a, in a black population that, that we have mainly in, in, in Barbados, you will see a, um, a darkening area around the ankle joint
2: mm-hmm. and the
1: skin starts to get thickened. When things really start to get bad, they may even break out and you may get a ulcer. But you Hopefully you will want to catch it before that. Some other signs of venus not really insufficiency, but that can trigger you that you may predispose is if you start to see big dilated veins, which we call varicose veins superficially, all right? Mm-hmm. But then you don't have to see those, but if you do see those, that may, that again may say, look, you're more predisposed to developing uh, venous insufficiency.
0: So you spoke about the varicose veins, but should a person be on the lookout, even if they only have what, we as women tend to title spider veins of, of the legs. Is that also associated with it?
1: Spider veins can be associated with it, but spider veins, not so much as the bigger, larger varicose veins. Spider veins tend to be a more cosmetic issue, but can, if they are popped up recently, can be a sign that the pressures inside the vein, venous system is a little higher than, than normal.
0: Okay, great. So the person, when you said, would complain of they might get some leg discomfort, the legs may feel tired, they may get that itchy, prickly feeling or throbbing sensation, especially after standing for the entire day. And then if left untreated at that point in time, you can get changes in the skin into this very thickened, velvety type skin. And if still not treated, which we would hope you wouldn't develop, you can develop an ulcer. Um, So you spoke, you started off by, by really starting the foundation for the anatomy, which is that the veins actually take the the blood back up to the heart. Are they different types of veins that you have in the lower limb in general categorization?
1: Yeah. We like to separate the veins in the lower limb into three separate categories. One is deep veins. Those are the veins that run close to the bone and deep inside of the muscle. Then there are the superficial veins. Those are the veins that run close to the skin, outside of the muscle compartments. Those are the ones you see getting dilated when you have varicose veins. And then there's the third set of veins, which we call perforator veins, which really join the deep system to the superficial system.
0: Hello. Hello, Dr. Warren.
1: Hello. Sorry. I,
0: I think we just we just missed you just now. Um, you, the last thing I heard was that you said that the perforator system, which is that which joins both the uh the deep to the superficial system, is that right? Right. So
1: that that's correct. So the the perforating system is joins the deep to the superficial, and how blood is supposed to actually um, run is is supposed to be once it's collected in the superficial system, the the valves which are the vein all these veins are supposed to have valves which only allow the blood to run in a certain direction in the veins. and basically blood should be only running up towards the heart and it should only be running from superficial to deep. So therefore a blood that is coming up in the superficial veins, should go across the perforators to get into the deep veins. Why it's important that it goes in that direction is that the deep veins, as I said, are in the muscle. And actually what helps the blood to get back up is when you are walking and contracting those muscles, those muscles actually squeeze those veins and pump the blood towards the heart. The reason that the blood goes in that direction is that the valves are not allowing it to go in the opposite direction. So once it's pumped the blood up, if the valves are working properly, it should not be able by gravity for the blood to flow back down to the feet.
0: Mm-hmm. So in terms of the, the, I have a, we have a caller starting it nice and early this evening. I'm going to take this call and then I'm going to go on to answer our next question. Right. Good evening. You are live. Tony G, go ahead.
3: Dr. Walwyn, good evening. Good evening. Yes. Um falling off from what you just said that the 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 blood flowing back up from the um the feet, surface veins feet. goes across another vein to enter the deep vein to go back up to the heart now Correct. what so what are there veins that take the blood down the feet away from the heart when the
1: in, in, so we, don't, we don't call those veins. We call those arteries.
3: So, arteries, the, heart,
1: but... yeah, so the heart has two sets of, of, of vessels. One coming to it, which are veins, and then it's I, pumping I, 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 through arteries. Arteries,
3: arteries going right. out away from it.
1: Right. So arteries go away from the heart and take the blood down to, to whatever organ. In this case, we're talking about the, about the lower limbs. So blood uh-huh. is pumped by arteries down. Once the the tissues in the, the the feet use the blood. It is then right. brought back up by veins, and that's how it works.
3: And, and 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 that that obtains then with the entire body body system. That that the heart uses arteries across the body to take blood away, and uses veins to bring it back.
1: That is that is across the body. So for whatever body. organ you have. Your heart is pumping to those organs by arteries, and Artery. Af- after the blood is being being used by by that that organ, it is then sent back Receives. in veins. Okay.
2: Right.
1: right. So higher right. oxygen content because you are sending oxygen right. to the tissue, and when it's used, if you test the oxygen that's going back in veins, it's much less because the body has used. Yeah the oxygen that, that was being delivered by the arteries. So the veins are taking the blood back to the heart, which is very important, because if the, the blood does not get back to the heart, <laughs> the heart will then not have anything to pump in the arteries. So it's a continuous circulation that's going on all the time.
3: Right. right. I have that. All right. Thank you.
0: All right, Dr. Lauren. So going, jumping right back in, thank you very much, Tony G, for your first question. Um, you spoke about the superficial perforators and deep veins, but can you tell me exactly what happens in the vein or what they believe happens in the vein that actually causes this venous insufficiency?
1: Um, Many things can happen in the vein. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, please.
1: Okay. So many things can happen. The first thing that can happen is a blockage. So if you have, it's just like any pipe, if the pipe is blocked, then things can't flow. So you can get blockage by forming a clot in the vein is the most common thing, which is what we call a, a deep vein thrombus, where a clot forms in the vein and that causes blockage. The second um, thing that happens is that the actual valves get destroyed or not or not work properly. So therefore, blood can flow in the wrong direction which is flow back down to the feet rather than just be flowing up All right. and the same thing those perforator veins those valves can also get damaged and allow Rather than when the muscle pumps on the deep system, it allows blood to get into the superficial veins Which will then cause them to dilate and the blood doesn't efficiently get back up Back to the heart So those are the main main issues Hello?
2: Hello, good
0: evening. Hello. I'm awfully sorry I just lost you. The connection completely went. I hope we didn't lose our listeners. Can everyone hear us?
1: Okay, great.
0: Did the connection go by any chance?
1: It went for me for a little bit, for sure.
0: Okay, all right, great. So you were telling us about the, the connection... Uh oh, not the connection. The actual fact that the veins can become blocked and
1: the valves in the veins can yes, go be, ahead not function properly. So if the valves not functioning properly, blood flows in the wrong direction. So that, that that is a major issue. And that can either happen because the veins get too dilated or because the valves just become defective over time. Okay. All
0: right. So essentially, if the, the valves become blocked, you get a clot. Or if it is that there's some malfunctioning within the actual vein itself, any damage within the vein, then those become dilated because it's damaged and you do not have the ability to really maintain tone within the vein and keep the, uh, the actual valves working as nicely as they should, correct?
1: Correct. Excellent. The valves are very important. And if those valves are allowing blood to, to, to reflux back down, meaning flow against the flow towards the heart, meaning flow back down to the feet, it becomes a big problem.
0: OK, great. I see that. I actually, I see I had a Jerper that was calling in. Would you want to call in again? And I also see that Bootsy had a question. Bootsy, I'm going to answer your question. I'm just going to let Japer call in one quick second. Good evening, Japer. You're live.
4: Uh, good evening. Um, sorry, my actual name is not Japer. Just yes, I randomly selected this name, <laughs> but anyways, it's fine. Uh, hello to you, doctor and to to your to the host. Uh, well, I have a simple question. It's about um, heart disease. I uh, just wanted to ask which age group or which sex sexes or Mostly at the risk of uh, heart disease, and what are the preventable measures uh, and how they can prevent this uh, disease? I know some precautions are like uh, regular exercise, eating healthy foods, and stopping uh, smoking, like and maintaining a healthy weight, like this and. What are the other things to be considered? Like, Thank you. I'll be listening to the answer, to your answer.
2: Okay, great.
4: I that can, I can say um, that's a little off
1: topic, but heart heart disease has many different um, facets to it, but the most common heart disease that, that people see is what we call ischemic heart disease, where there is a lack of no to the, the arteries to the heart to keep it um, supplied. And that, and that from 40 years onwards is when that you are at most at risk. If you live a bad uh, lifestyle and you have things like high, high blood pressure or diabetes that can even come on much earlier.
0: Great. I see a question here from Bootsy. She says, good evening. Please tell me, black spots coming on my leg, what is the cause of that? And how can I correct that and correct the swelling of my foot?
1: Yeah, black, black spots coming on, on the leg could be many different causes. I mean, you can get that from insect bites. You can get it from a rash, but it is definitely something that could be happening because of venous insufficiency where blood is leaking out of the veins because the pressure is so high and it causes the skin or spots to start coming up, especially if it's, a, if it's associated with swelling. So uh, that may be a venous insufficiency problem. The first thing that you should do to try and get swelling down is simply help the blood that is in your feet to get back to your heart. And the best way to do that is to let gravity help you, so to elevate the limb. Elevate the limb above the level of your chest. So if you're lying down in the bed, you want to put at least two pillows below that leg and leave the leg elevated. You would find that if it is related to, to a vein problem or pressure problem, that you will see that by an hour or two that that swelling will go away by itself because you are helping the blood to get back to the heart by doing so.
2: And that
1: to see a doctor, make sure that they can investigate, to make sure to see if that is really the issue. And if so, then I'll come up with a, a plan of treatment.
0: And that's really important, not just laying down and putting up the legs on the bed, but actually getting them above the level of the heart so that you can actually get that drainage. Now, I know a lot of persons generally tend to, to run from the, the, the thought of even wearing compression stockings are they really necessary?
1: Are they necessary? I think if you have venous insufficiency, they are a big part of the treatment arm and that you can use. Now, right. having said that, compression stockings for venous insufficiency are, some, are very specific stockings. They're not the general stockings you go and, and buy in a store and that some people sell. They are graduated compression, meaning that, they put more pressure by the, the ankle than they do by the knee than they do at the thigh, so it's encouraging blood to go back up to the heart. Now, in the Caribbean, it is very difficult. These are tight. They are extremely hot and cause people to sweat. We're in a humid, hot um, climate, and hence patient struggle to, 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 to use these. Um, efficiently here and, and, and practically where we are buying them from we are buying them from, from first world nations where the build of the person they are are, are making them for is slightly different um, right. where we are calves tend to be in, in the most of the population in, in Barbados black population tend to have slimmer calves but much larger thighs Going up the way, so so therefore you find that when you you buy these stockings, they may fit extremely tight mm-hmm. as it gets up to the thigh area. And if that is the case, they will do more harm than help. So it's it's the, yes, they can help, but you have to you have to find a pair that fits you correctly, mm-hmm. and you have to um, be comfortable enough that you can wear them in in whatever environment you you are using. But yes, they, they, they can definitely help.
0: Okay. Now, in surgery, we tend to classify um, venous insufficiency using the seat classification. But clinically, the, the part that really has the biggest impact is really the C in C. Um, Dr. Warren, because that's really the core of venous insufficiency, can you please go through the C component of the C classification so that people can understand the progression that you can experience and what they should be staying away from when you should definitely be presenting to the doctor so that you do not have the end result that everyone wants to shy away from.
1: Right. So the the C classification um, is a little complex, but basically the C, the E, the A, and the P are just, trying to help people remember the different aspects that you need to look at in venous insufficiency. And see the first one is clinical, meaning what it is you you are actually, history and symptoms the patient is having and what you're actually seeing on the foot. And it helps you to say how bad or how severe your disease may be. Where E is really etiology and the AMP look at, at what is actually the anatomy and what's actually happening with the veins. But to look at the C, it's very simple. You can, you can start at the very lowest, which is a zero, where you're, you can see absolutely no abnorm- abnormality when you examine the feet. And it starts, it goes up with one where there is mild swelling, goes through all the way to six when there are ulcers. So in between there, you, you have an, a limb that looks normal, one that have mild swelling, one therefore then you start to see darkening of the skin and skin changes, then then the skin gets very thick, as you say, and, and velvety. And then when actual ulcers um, start to happen, which is the furthest spectrum of that disease. So, so when we somebody, we like to try and see where along that clinical spectrum are they. Are they just having mild swelling? Or are they having an actual ulcer or there somewhere in between.
0: And we really would prefer if they had to come and see a doctor that we would be seeing them around Relative the area. No. We absolutely, absolutely. Can you tell us when a patient presents to, to the doctor exactly what happens? What type of investigation should, should be happening so that you can truly assess exactly what is happening? From the simplest, I know last week you spoke about non-invasive versus invasive tests, but can you can you walk us through the type of tests that a patient can be subjected to?
1: Right, but so before we I I'll get to the test, but before we get to the test, when you come to me and I I suspect you have venous insufficient examination is extremely important. So we we will examine the feet and we will feel for. Pulses, which is arteries. Once we are happy that the arteries are okay, we will then look and examine and see where the swelling extends to, and we look very carefully along the legs to see whether we can see any dilated superficial veins. Is the skin normal? Is the skin having spots, getting dark, etc.? So once that examination is done, if we suspect that this is a venous um, problem. A lot of the time, you have to decide what it, exactly it is that you, where along that spectrum they are before I, I would do an investigation. So, if somebody is very early on, like they are just having swelling, there are no skin changes as yet, etc. cetera, um, sometimes we would not go ahead and do any investigation. We would say, look, this is very mild. I wouldn't suggest us doing any intervention or surgery, etc., for you at this point in time. Let us try these methods to try and, and see whether this goes away for you, which is elevating the limbs, not standing for long periods of time. If you're standing, trying the compression stockings to try and get the blood back up. Active. People who are a little further on and we, we are more concerned, we will then... Um, send them for an ultrasound. I think that is the best investigation there is. An ultrasound is where they will look at all the veins in the lower limb and actually see whether there, any blockages, see whether the veins are refluxing. So it's not not, more than just an ultrasound, it's actually an interrogation of the venous system for obstruction and reflux. Yeah. So that that is the workhorse investigation do for that.
0: Great. I see I have a question here from Carib. She says, I've been diagnosed with venous insufficiency and I wear compression stockings. I have been told never to sleep in the stockings. Can you tell me why this is? And this is a really, really important question. I, I think it's a very good question that you've answered. Asked, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, the, the stockings, as I said, they can be very tight, right? And you don't, you, they are only really designed to be used when you are in an upright position, standing and moving around. When you are, when you are down, you want your legs not to, your skin and so not to be decompressed by these stockings all the time. You need to give it a break. If you have if you have the compression stockings on for, for too long, they can actually um, cause harm. So when you're lying down unnecessary, so don't be, be, once you're elevating your, your legs or you're, you're laying down flat, the blood will get back to your heart. Yeah. If you leave something that is compressing for too long, it can cause damage to whatever it's compressed, to, which is the skin of the lower limb. No, sure. don't don't leave them on at night. They are only for when you're up and around and have to be working and you, you're gonna be standing up or, or sitting down for long periods of your time with your legs hanging down.
0: And I, I like the the fact that you mentioned as well, Dr. Warren, the the clinical examination has been a very important component because you can have Venous insufficiency and also have peripheral arterial disease. Yeah. And what impact having both in terms of the wearing of compression stockings? And would you advise such if a person so, so do you recommend just going out and purchasing stockings because your feet are swollen?
1: No, <laughs> I don't. I was, uh, yeah, the, 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 and it's not a lot, huh? but I would not advise that. Because if you have both, compression stockings can be detrimental to stopping blood getting where you re- want it. And if the skin is not getting fed, you have peripheral arterial disease and you put on the stocking, um, it could actually um, damage your skin and that could cause an issue. So I think it is very important mm-hmm. that, yeah, that this be done with doctors after they examine you, after they say, "Look, they think that is it," and then they write the right time right, um, grade of stocking. However, mm-hmm. as I said, I don't try; I don't tend to give them advice of very tight stockings in our in our setting because not in a cold climate, in a very humid, hot climate. So patients will, if you give them a too tight one in the beginning they will not use it. They will use it for the first week and then they will get rid of it. <laughs> so I like to start you with a, a stocking that isn't so tight at the beginning. I mean, where you need to get, once you get used to it, then graduate you up slowly. So mm-hmm. stocking, uh, I think that's
0: Good. I see another question here from Zilly. People suffering from this condition, is it wise for them to have pedicures as they can include a massage to the feet up to the calf?
1: Having a having a, a pedicure for Venus, with venous insufficiency should should not should not be a problem. I, I, I have not gone through too many pedicures myself. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, a, a massage of of the skin once they are once the, it is not damaging the skin can definitely help to 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 get blood flow back up. We, there's another condition called lymphedema which is similar. The venous insufficiency that we know a particular type of massage can definitely help. So yeah, you, you can get a pedicure with venous insufficiency without without an issue.
0: Yeah. Good. Um Billy has a question as well. Does driving for a profession lead to poor circulation sometimes in your legs?
1: Yes. We have seen that. We have seen people who are sitting down and driving in trucks taxi drivers, et cetera, because you're sitting in a seat and your feet are hanging down. And not only that, the seat tends to push into the back of, of, of the thigh. It can therefore, um, hamper the return back to the to the heart. And um, we have seen people who are in those professions present with venous insufficiency. So you've had to go on to, to treat it, et cetera. And again, it's about recognizing it early, then recognizing that look i may be in the 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 truck for this period of time i gotta get out for a little while (laughs) take a little walk around when i get a chance elevate (laughs) the limb in between yeah definitely
0: okay rosie actually asks how many hours should the stockings be worn
1: i would say I would not try to move. some people tell you try and wear them as long as you are standing or, or moving around. Again, I think once you go off over fours, it becomes difficult. So normally, you know, I would say um a four hour period is what you should be looking at. And hopefully not, some people have to go to work and then and, and wear them for longer. again, if you're doing that, you should be then not wearing the very, very tight ones. Something that is lighter that you can tolerate.
0: Okay. So you've had a patient who comes into you, they have an active ulcer on the foot. Um, first of all, can you tell us where would we expect to find this ulcer on, on the lower limb?
1: You will find the ulcer just above the ankle, normally on what we call the medial side or the, or the inner side. So if you were standing up, And put your two feet together where where your ankles are touching each other. Just above there is where we we expect to find those ulcers. But they can happen um, lower down. They can happen slightly higher up. You will never see them in the thigh or anything like that. They will always be in the lower part of the leg. And we consider leg between knee to ankle. And it's always in that lower part of it. You can sometimes extend down onto the foot if things get by. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do they look like?
1: Venus ulcer all depends on what stage it's at. But normally a venous ulcer will start by looking very weeping. So it starts almost as if you you have a itching and a rash but and you see like a bleb burst out at the ankle. And then as it gets larger it then extends out, and you, you get what is normally a red base. So you see, like, a red red um, discoloration in the, in the center. Um, normally, a pretty um, irregular edge going around because it doesn't always a, a, a circle or such. So they can be oval, they can be regular in shape. But yes, unlike a, a necrotic ulcer, which is black these will normally have a red base. And red means that there is enough arterial supply coming. Um, the blood is not getting back up unfortunately. Mm-hmm.
0: And at that stage when a person has an active ulcer, what, what, what do you do? How, how would you take care of that, that ulcer? And why is it important to really take care of it? Can, can it get infected? Can it become cancerous?
1: So, Does it I, ever heal? Yeah, when somebody presents and we with an active ulcer, the first thing we do is we get that ultrasound because we have to first rule up that there is no blockage. Because if there is a blockage like a clot or DVT mm-hmm. inside the vein, that has to be treated immediately with blood thinner to, to stop that clot from progressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once we have done that, we then concentrate on trying to deal with whatever issue has caused we think has led most to the outside. So if that is a veins that the valves are bad for, we will will, um, look at it and say, are these veins that can be removed and only leave the good ones there which can continue to take the blood. So as I said, there are, there are three types of veins. If the superficial ones are the only one that is causing the issue, you can actually remove the superficial one, and a lot of the time, that will solve the problem. Most people, however, don't like to hear about surgery, <laughs> but they want to try uh, a conservative uh, method before looking into surgery, and therefore, we will then say, elevate them as often as you can. With active ulcer. you can't be wearing stockings at that point in time. So we, we do a um, compression-type dressings, yeah? We try and get the ulcer to the point where, where if you're elevating and you're using that compression bandage dressings, a point where it is healed. And if when it's healed, we then Get you any compression stockings and see whether or not um, it will recur or not. Unfortunately, as soon as we take those patients off the elevation of their rest, the majority of them will find recurrence if they don't stick to their, their regime of elevation and using and using the stocking. So that's why surgery, if it can be done, tends to be a more um, durable solution. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And, and the very last part, can venous ulcers become cancerous?
1: First thing, most venous ulcers, biggest risk is them getting infection. So you, mm-hmm. you're breaking the skin, the skin is your barrier to bacteria, therefore bacteria can get in, it's down by your feet, so that's where you're walking, close to dust, etc. So we see patients who come in with infected venous ulcers and get bad cellulitis. If you have a venous ulcer for many years, it can transform into a type of skin, cancer, which we call margin ulcer, So you can have a skin of cell cancer. Because what's happening is that the skin is breaking down and the skin is trying to heal. So there's turn- so cell turnover going on for so many years that you can get a mutation and go on to form cancer. So try our best because we understand that venous insufficiency is a chronic condition. So these patients is not something that we we mostly time can cure mm-hmm. with one. It is something that patients have to learn how to manage. It is something that's going to be with them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they have to learn how to manage it for life. So therefore, um, yeah, we want to get the ulcer to heal, mm-hmm. but they have to continue to do the, do all the right things to make sure it doesn't um, come back.
0: Okay, before we. Talk about treatment options. I have two questions here from in the chat. If there is peripheral arterial disease and venous insufficiency present at the same time, would this not possibly lead to limb loss? And how could you treat such a condition to improve blood flow in both directions?
1: What, what was the first part of the question again?
0: If it could lead to limb loss because you have both of the conditions existing. And mm-hmm. how could you treat such a condition to improve blood flow in both directions?
1: Yeah, I mean, limb loss can happen with venous disease, but it's extremely rare. Where limb loss is really, where we worry about is in peripheral arterial disease. So, yes, um, if you have both conditions, it can, can make you more at risk of limb loss because the venous ulcer um venous insufficiency may cause the ulcer that because there's not enough blood getting down, it can't heal, and that, that is a vicious cycle. So to get blood back to the, the limb, there are many things that can be done. We talked about it last week. You can put a stent inside of the vessel. You can go down and find the po- point where it is narrowed, actually blow that po- point up and put in a artificial stent to keep the artery open so blood can flow. There's If you if there's a blockage that you can't open up, you can actually do surgery to bypass that area. So you're taking blood f- from above the, the blockage and you're rerouting it to an open vessel below the blockage, which we call a bypass. That's from the arterial side. From the venous side, again, if there is, because you have three sets of veins, but the deep veins are the most important. So, if, if it is only the superficial veins that are causing the issue, you can do surgery to remove those superficial veins, which are not necessary, and those veins will therefore not, once they're gone, will not allow the blood to pull down in the feet. So, yes, there are surgical solutions that we can do for both from both sides.
0: Excellent. Another question here coming in from Tonia is long distance running 10k for example advisable for one who has poor circulation would it irritate or help to improve if any
1: Right so if, if you're talking about poor circulation from a venous insufficiency point of view anybody who can run a marathon it's good to go <laughs> we encourage <laughs> exercise so encourage exercise. However, yes, if you are, you are, if your superficial veins are the issue, that constant running could, can make those veins typically, um, get worse because what's happening is that your deep veins are, are happy that you're running because your muscles are pumping the blood in the right direction. But if they're pumping and pumping it to the superficial veins, which is the wrong way, then what you will you will find is that that athlete will will start seeing that the varicose veins are getting getting larger. And normally that is more of a cosmetic issue than the venous insufficiency causing an ulcer. So we find that 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 people who do have a defect in their superficial veins who are athletes rarely get the the um, swelling and and skin changes, but what they you you will see is that when you look at their legs, they, their varicose veins, their superficial veins may start to get tortuous and dilated again, which is something that can be dealt with by surgery. Great, and
0: and. That would be more in keeping with, for instance, the same, what we started off talking about, the primary chronic venous insufficiency, where it's usually as a result of something inherent within the actual vein that causes the problem. But they generally do not progress to go on to have any ulcers or any swelling.
1: They can, can, but generally don't. Most times it it is superficial veins, and especially if they're active and deep veins are, are not affected. A lot of them will not go on to severe getting ulcers, but some of them can. So it all depends. So apart
0: Everybody's from different. apart from hardcore surgery and removing that vein, stripping that vein, what are the other options that a patient has?
1: I see yeah, it, it, it all depends on what actually the aim is. So let's start with. Before we probably see the most which is which is um mostly females who come come to us and they don't like the look of what are small spider-like veins next is so they're very small veins that you're they're, they're breaking out on their skin and we can actually inject those with a sclerosate and cause those little veins to to shrink away so that they're not as noticeable cosmetically
0: so those are the ones that you tend to see where they can make your shorts, not your sh- your your legs in your shorts, not look so nice. Correct?
1: Right. Correct. And and, that's just and, really a cosmetic issue. That we see that 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 is probably what people come to us most for. Hmm? A cosmetic right. issues first. Second one is when there are these big long long um, veins that start to bulge underneath the skin. Some of them even bulge to the point where. If you hit them, they can bleed heavily. Those are big, big varicose veins. And for those, there are many different ways that we can treat them. Those ones don't do well with the injection because they're a little bit too big. But it's actually you can actually cannulate um, them with a fine wire that applies a heat along the vein. And we can ablate the vein without surgery by actually heating the vein up with this wire that we are passing along the vein. Right? and that, that that radio frequency ablation as we call it can ablate those those veins and um, cause them to actually um, sclerose and clot off and normally that will treat the problem. If, if that can't be done or the veins are too big then we will go ahead um, to do surgery to, to um, remove them another thing that can be done sometimes is just to actually tie off the what we call the perforator vessels, the vessels that are allowing blood to get from the deep to the superficial without actually stripping the vein. Okay. So there, there are many different modalities.
0: So I know a lot of persons are probably a little concerned when they heard that you put the wire inside the vein and oh. you heat the vein. But all you're essentially trying to do is to just close that vein down, correct? So right. that you don't have absolutely
1: so you don't have blood running in it. Yeah.
0: Great. Bootsy, I see that you're calling in and I'm gonna take your call and then I'm gonna be I'm gonna follow on with another call from Tony G. Bootsy, you are on the line. Go ahead. Hello, good evening. I think Bootsy just put down. Bootsy, I'm gonna ask you to call back. Um in the interim, I'll take another call from Tony G.
3: Yes, doc. Um question how, how how bad can venous insufficiency get um, because because if if the blood is not flowing up to the to the heart and it lingers and you can and and you, the the, treat, the major treatment is compression stockings and elevation of the feet it, 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 on the surface, it doesn't seem like a real life-threatening situation. How really bad can it get,
1: right? And most times, it is not a, a life-threatening situation. It is only when we it is neglected for or mismanaged for a long period of time that it can get so. Because it, once you, once you get to the point of having ulcers and the, you can't get the ulcers treated, those ulcers can lead to Um, severe infections of the feet, which very rarely, but sometimes can cause you to lose a limb, right? Right. Or an infection gets so severe, it can can risk your your life. And if you have a chronic one, as I said, it can cause a cancer to come up. Very rarely, if there's a severe blockage, which which, um, cannot get um, relieved, we have seen people get gangrene, which is called venous gangrene, where, the pressure builds up so much in the in the limb that it backs up to stop the arteries, therefore, from 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 being able to push blood in there, and and you can actually lose a limb. That's how bad it can get, but that is that is very rare in venous insufficiency. But once you have an ulcers, can cause an issue. So we want to really prevent it from getting to that stage of ulceration. So it's important can, that we catch it early.
3: Can can that condition? At- at any point
1: affect the heart can it affect the heart yes it can like, in- indirectly any anytime you get an uh, infection uh, you are putting stress no no i
3: mean i, I mean like if, you, if, if 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 you are not the blood is not flowing back up to the heart and it stagnates right. or or it blocks can can and, and you get a blockage in the vein can depending on where and the you have three types of vein. Right. So at, at, that let, let's, say, let's say let's say it gets into the, 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 the vein which is the the, the, the closer vein that takes the blood how can that not in, impact on the heart?
1: Can it impact on the heart? Really because yes. remember you have another limb on the other side, you have organs all thing in vein. So so your heart will still get back blood from all those other stuff. What it does is affect that particular limb. So, what what is dangerous about clots in the deep veins is not only venous insufficiency. What we worry about the most is that clot dislodging and then going to get going back up to the heart and the heart going to pumping it to the lungs, which we call a pulmonary embolus. And yes, that can affect the heart. That is a is a deadly condition. So. Related to it, clots forming in the vein, if they pop off and go through to the heart and then to the lungs, it can cause right-sided heart failure and can cause death. So clots in the deep veins are related to what we call a pulmonary embolus. So, you know, something that we, we must really um, treat. But oh, venous insufficiency itself, the blood not getting back up by itself, not so much, but yeah, a clot in the deep vein, <laughs> breaking off, yeah, it
0: can definitely causes serious problems. Okay, great. We have a question. Bootsy, she's back on the live with us. Go ahead, Bootsy.
1: Good evening, doctors. Mm-hmm. Are you mm-hmm. hearing me now?
0: Yes, please. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah, first thing I must let you know that I do admire Dr. G and Dr. Waldron. My, que- my question is I had a laparotomy in 2001. Actually, I had four laparotomies. And I, my first one, I had some stockings, um, that I still have now. Would they be still um, good to use now, or should I get someone to um, prescribe a, a different set for me? A yeah, very good question. The stockings that you would have likely had, but when you had your laparotomy, which is which is an operation on on your on your abdomen on your belly is was to prevent clots from forming which is different from the compression stockings we use for venous insufficiency so what those stockings did was to try and again similar keep the the the, the veins compressed so that when you were when they put you to sleep and uh, your muscles couldn't pump anymore that clots would not form in your deep veins right those are only to be used when under when you're in hospital under um, general anaesthetic, I would really really advise that. For r- walking around day to day, no, there there's a different type of stocking, which is a stocking that is um, graded, meaning that it's not one it's not one um, pressure along the entire length as the stockings you would have had. So they're graded that the pressure is higher by the ankle and lower by the thigh. And that is, that is the stocking that you would want. So, so yes, I would say you need to go to the doctor let them prescribe the, the right stocking for you if, you if you're worried about venous insufficiency.
0: Great. Margot, we saw that you were trying to call in. Can you go ahead and do exactly what you did before um, so that we can take your call? Go ahead. Okay, I am seeing here a question by Karib. Maybe we can get that answered in the interim. Uh, does medication Daflon actually help repair the incompetent valves in the veins? I have been on this medication for a few years, but I haven't seen improvement in my condition.
1: That's a very that's a very good question. Um, Daflon is the medication that is being most used and most being prescribed by doctors for for venous insufficiency. And they will <laughs> not let me to say it, but I will say that daflon um, only really works in very when people have very mild, mild disease. It gets to a point where the daflon will not really help. And we find that most patients are on it and they will recognize that, that it's not really helping them per se. And I would suggest at that point, but yeah, you can come off of it. They won't harm you to come off of it. See whether the the there's any worsening. If there's no worsening, then get investigated. Um, get that ultrasound of those veins to see exactly what is wrong so that then a better plan can be made to go forward.
2: Okay. But yes,
1: Daffhlon. Uh, I, I take a lot of patience off of it because it, it it will it does not work for many and only from very mild mild disease.
0: Okay, Margot, I saw you dialing in. Go ahead and call now so that we can answer your call. Good evening, Margot, and you're live. Hello, good evening, Margot.
4: Hello. Yes, please. You are live. Go ahead. Oh, you can hear me now? Yes, please. OK, thank you for taking my call. I said I logged in late, so I'm not sure if this question was answered before. Um, what I wanted to find out, um, what effect does diabetes have on all these veins that are on your legs? If they, you know, Because usually, most persons who have diabetes would have poor circulation so um i'm just wondering if that the veins, those horrible looking veins on your legs where you can't wear short pants <laughs> um you know if the diabetes has that negative effect on your legs
1: well, that, Great. so you. diabetes that definitely affects poor circulation but it affects it more on the arterial side it is much more uh, definitely a, a monster contributor. to peripheral arterial disease. In, in venous insufficiency, diabetes actually does affect indirectly because if you have diabetes, then ulcers forming make them much more difficult to heal. Secondly, if you have long-standing diabetes that isn't well controlled, you get something called um, neuropathy, where the nerves going down to defeat don't work as well Now why that's important is actually some of the nerves help to regulate the veins actually contracting. So we do find that some diabetics who get neuropathy and so forth because the, the, the venous the vein has no more tone that they can dilate and then therefore can um, predispose to venous insufficiency. So For yes, extent. diabetes can affect on both sides.
0: Good. Uh, Dr. Warren, can you just very quickly tell us some of the things that can appear to mimic venous insufficiency in terms of that swelling or that dark discoloration that persons can have on their legs? I heard you mention one earlier, like the cellulitis, because everything uh, that looks like venous insufficiency is not always venous insufficiency.
1: So the thing that mimics it the most is heart failure. (laughs) <laughs> when patients' hearts are not pumping, the same thing happens. It's not because of venous insufficiency, but if the heart can't pump the blood getting back, you start to see um, leg swelling. So people who have a chronic heart problem, I may not know a lot of times they come, they think they have venous insufficiency, but it's not really that, it's that the, the heart isn't working well. So that's the first thing I would want anybody to rule out. The second thing is lymphedema, where lymph is a third vessel in the body. It is actually the vessel that takes things out that seep out of either arteries or veins, and uh, you can get a dysfunction of that lymph vessels, and they can cause definitely the same swelling to the feet, the same thickening of the skin, so the lymphedema is definitely that. Infections to the the limb, what we call cellulitis, the skin can definitely mimic that, and we also see some other autoimmune conditions um, sicklers uh, as well as people with SLE and so forth can get what we call vasculitis, which can cause darkening of the skin and spots sometimes. So yeah, those are the common things we see that mimic it.
0: Okay. Dr. Warren, we have come to the end of our show. Thank you so very much. You had a great first episode with PAD and now you, you culminated with venous insufficiency and I just want to thank you for actually coming on this evening and, and explaining to our listeners um, the importance of these two conditions and how to mitigate um, any of them. Uh, being complicated um, I also want to thank our listeners this evening, those who participated either in the message blog or physically calling in and even those who just sat down and passively listened, I, uh, I hope that this here was completely enlightening and I encourage you to follow us on both Podbean and Anchor but before you go next week we actually have a triple whammy we're going to have Dr. Don Ali We're going to have Dr. Shalory as well as Dr. Blades. And the topic is how does weather and climate affect respiratory disease? I know a lot of you guys are seeing um, that we are experiencing a severe Sahara cloud here in Barbados. And and a lot of persons are having respiratory complaints. So come out next week and listen to that. Um, But again, until next week. Join us on First Day Chats by Dr. G, Closing the Gap. Good evening.
1: Good evening.